welcome to this week's views from the 573 podcast. I am your co-host Ryan McDaniel. Hope you all are doing well this week and joining by me as he always does. My fellow co-hosts, we're still without Peter right now, but we're glad to have Matt back. Matt Mormon, Matt, how are you doing this week? Yo, Ryan, I'm doing very well. Uh, yes, I have returned. Um, you know, sorry about the absence last week. You know, you, you even lie in my intro form, which I appreciate it. You know, you say I'm here as always. You know, Matt Mormon, he's reliable. You can count on him every week. Well, you know, that wasn't the case last week. Uh, but here we are. You know, I, I am doing well following a uh, bit of a minor kerfuffle that I had last week. Um, yeah, but here we are. We're back, ready to talk some sports. Um, we've, got, we've got some stuff coming up today. Yeah, and uh, we were talking about a pre-show. We got some stuff coming up in the next month. March is packed. I'm. St- it's amazing that it's almost March. Well, I tell you what. Today, February twenty fifth. You know, we record this the night before it goes up, and uh, you know what that means, Ryan. You know, what? What February twenty fifth is. Oh shoot! What is it? It is ten months to Christmas. Uh get <laughs> hyped, people! Ten months till Christmas. Oh All man, right. which which means we're only like eight months away from me starting listening to Christmas music, and we're only about uh, let's see, depending on how long this pod goes, at least a couple hours from you putting on Christmas vacation. Hey, that is I'm not gonna be able to rule that out. That is something that very well <laughs> may happen later tonight. It may happen tomorrow. It may happen both tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, you you, can, you can't rule it out, especially when you're involved, and that's your favorite movie. You're going right. Of, it is. Uh, I think all, of all time. I think. It, yeah, I yeah it, is. it is. It is my favorite movie of all time. Fight me, you and your cinema. <laughs> you and your theater. Well, uh, so this uh, this was going to be episode 136. I did a podcast with Jace. A little bit of an unplanned podcast with Jace last week. Kind of catching up on everything going on uh, in sports since we last talked. Uh Bad news, guys. The audio, Jason's audio, something weird happened with it. His computer froze. Uh, something went wrong. So we lost nearly two hours of audio. Don't you just love it when that happens, guys? Uh, it's it's not fun. Oh, you but, know what I just realized, Ryan? Um, because of that uh, bit, of a, bit of a problem, the people probably don't even know that I missed last week. They just think well, that the I podcast sh- as a whole missed. Well, I did a short one last week. And kind of going through everything. But, uh, so, uh, like, this one was unplanned. I had asked him if he wanted to hop on. He got back to me late. Like, you know, you haven't been on since the 100th episode, since July. So, why don't we just do a pod kind of catching up on everything since then? So, but uh, it didn't end up working. Which I found out, guys, Jace is a movie type of guy. So, uh, I'm not saying he's, he's not Peter Lowe. type of movie guy? I will. So apparently, so I, I know he mentioned 1917. I know he mentioned a couple others, but don't worry, Matt. He still likes all the other stuff that we like. Like uh, he he loves Mandalorian, loves that. Uh, he still hasn't seen the new Star Wars film, which I'm surprised. Really? About. Wow, that's unfortunate. One um. of the things I should have asked him, even though it wouldn't have been recorded, is uh, how has he stayed away from spoilers? Well, I tell you what, I, I just think it, and you know, our feelings are well out there. I think a lot of people just were not excited about it, and they don't really care. So, 
They didn't talk about it afterwards. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's interesting though. Jay, Jay's. How about that? He's a movie guy. Yeah, he's a movie guy, so he might see him on some entertainments down the road. So. Hey, that'd be we'll fun. And shameless plug off the top here, Ryan, that we're going to be recording a uh, short little movie podcast. Yeah. Uh, right before we're done recording this guy. Yeah. Uh, and I our say Uncle short. Bob Iger retired. I say shorts, so that means they're going to try to cap Ryan at, you know, a half hour at the most, people. <laughs> so you'll know where you see that one air, you know, airing, whether or not I made my goal, or if Ryan just kept on going on and on and on. Uh, I'm going to shoot for a half hour maximum, though. We're going to try. Well, you know, so Bob Iger, he's stepping down. Uh, you think we'll still get our Disney checks? I don't know. Yeah, Uncle Bob kind of signed those directly over to us. There's a little questionable means there, uh, paying yeah. off you know some people like that. So I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. But uh, we can go ahead and shift gears over to another Disney property and be like ESPN. <laughs> That's true. How well, about that? They probably cut Peter's check altogether. So I mean, it, uh, Peter has been paid in six months, uh, two years <laughs> actually. Uh, no, he hasn't been paid since our first entertainment pod when he was trashing Left Je- Last Jedi left and right. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I went back and listened to, and let me tell you, there's some good bits in there. Uh, especially, I'm sure there is. That Peter uh, Lewis. What uh, a character. Peter w- had, had some uh, – let's just say Peter went right to it within like the first eight minutes. <laughs> like He wasn't <laughs> holding back. But uh, we're not here to talk about that just yet. Let's talk about everything going on in sports before that. You can go follow us at Anchor, go to SoundCloud, go to Apple, Stitcher. Go check us out on there and check out Entertainment as well. Thanks to Anchor for sponsoring this episode. We got a bunch to get to, especially off the top here. We got some XFL to talk about, talking about where everything stands, talking about the uh, talking about the ratings, look at where they are and see if there's a potential drop there. We got to talk NBA. Some stuff has happened in the NBA. It's getting right. We're almost here into March. We're almost in April. It's about that time of year. You got to think about the playoffs and think about who might win it all in June. Then the NFL. We're not getting to free agency just yet. There's been some CBA negotiations about potential changes coming to the league with regards to schedule. Talk about that. Talk about that falling through at the moment. And then some stuff off the top. We'll talk about the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fight a little bit. Talk about Kobe's. Uh, talk about his memorial service held at Staples on Monday. But first, Matt, this is really big news. So. The Summer Olympics are, are supposed to be held in Tokyo this summer, and there's a possibility that it could get canceled. And why? Well, the coronavirus is making its way around, I believe it's around 2,700 reported deaths of the virus itself. And there is a very good possibility that we might not have a Summer Olympics this, uh, this upcoming summer. And this is huge news, Matt. Not having an Olympics is incredibly weird. And, you know, it's something you can't switch around. Getting stuff ready for the Olympics takes years and preparation and getting everything set up. Uh, It's going to be very weird, and it's going to be very sad if the Olympics happen to get canceled. Yeah, and I think one of the big things you touched on there is all of the preparation that goes into it. You know, it's not like the, you know, people just show up and the structures are already there. A lot of times with the Olympics, the structures are temporarily built. And so the, you know, all of that prep work should be going on for a while. Obviously it's still be going on right now, 
And yeah. if that stuff's not completed in time, yeah, we may not be looking at Summer Olympics here in 2020. Um, yeah. That'd be a bummer, but I got to tell you, I'm not a big Olympics guy. Well, I'm not either, but I mean... Pe- I mean, obviously it's a big deal across the world. But yeah. I feel like America... I feel like we don't really care as much about the Olympics as other countries. But yet we still yeah. win it, you know? Like, that's the most American thing, right? <laughs> we really don't care that much, but we just go win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we pretty much do that. But, uh, yeah, it's looking like uh, they're looking more likely to be canceled than move or rescheduled. And uh, I believe they're going to decide this looking at it by late May if the coronavirus outbreak is deemed too dangerous to go ahead. Uh, the original schedule is July 24th to August 9th. So if, if if this coronavirus situation does not get any better by late May, the Olympics are going to be canceled. And uh, the, the coronavirus has made its way around. Thankfully, not anywhere, I, I believe, during, around – you know, our circle around America, but, uh, this is a deadly virus, and I, you know, uh, like you said, we, we don't really pay attention that much at Olympics, like you mean, probably Peter doesn't, but, I mean, we still want to see it happen. These, yeah, these guys I still want to go hard. beat the rest of the world, you know, at something. Yeah, the, these people work hard, they make, the, they train year after year for these events, and getting ready for them, so, Hopefully the Olympics do not get canceled. So hopefully that situ- this situation will turn end up better than it's looking like right now. Uh, let's move on to Kobe's memorial service that was held at the Staples Center, and as you would imagine, it was a packed house, including a bunch of fellow uh, fellow colleagues of Kobe's and. Uh, from the ba- from basketball circles, from uh, from his life, uh, bu- a bunch of a bunch of people came up. Michael Jordan came up, and <laughs> I, I sent it to you guys. He he brought up the crying meme, which I was like, I'm not trying to have another crying meme to look at for another three to four years. And <laughs> I, I, I I I was I said to my sister like. Jordan knows. He's so aware of what's going on. That's I awesome. I mean, it's pretty popular. I'm not sure how Michael Jordan would be aware well, of the, uh, the meme of himself. Well, I mean, he's MJ. He, I, I don't know if he would care that much, but uh, it turns out he does. But his speech about Kobe and talking about him and him being a little brother to him, I think we kind of knew that. And Kobe was the only one that really tried to emulate everything Michael did. Uh, and that was very apparent throughout his whole career. Uh, you had Shaq come up and give him a few words. Uh, the, talked about there's the no I in team, uh, <laughs> but there is an ME. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, that I, was I good that. fun. That was he said he would he would teach his daughter's back basketball moves, but not his free throw techniques. Uh, <laughs> love that. Uh, it's probably ideal for everybody. He had several others come up, uh, especially from the women's game from college. He had uh, Gino Oriema, the UConn women's basketball coach, talk about uh, times where Kobe would ask him for coaching advice. I remember him saying, Kobe came up to him, asked him, was like, why are you asking? He's like, well, I'm coaching my daughter's team. And Gino's like, oh, that poor kid. She's going to have to go <laughs> through that. And, like, she, and he was watching 
her highlight reels, and she knows about the third or fourth play that she was open, and he passed the and she passed the ball, and it was like, well, she's not listening to her father, so there's that. <laughs> uh, and then another thing about Gianna, uh, Diana Taurasi, one of the best WNBA players out there, uh, talked about her fadeaway. Like it said, like she's got a remarkable fadeaway at 11 years old, and she made the joke. While LeBron's just now getting his set up right, uh, but uh, th- all the people around there, uh, yet Vanessa, of course, Kobe's wife. Uh, th- let me tell you, she has been so strong through out this whole process, and I can't even imagine how she has been able to handle this going on real a month, a, a, really a whole month since this whole ordeals happened. Uh, being able to stay strong, you know, keep it together, and then having her speak at really a celebration of life uh, yesterday, it was uh she's she's been really strong throughout this whole thing, Matt. It, it, she's been amazing throughout. It. I can't believe it's already been close to a month. And I it guess still so. Feel real. It, it was it was like the what the week before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. It was like the Sunday before it. So. That would have been like the last week of January, and here we are, last week of February. So yeah, holy moly, where does time go? Yeah, but that's uh, crazy. It is crazy, and it you're crazy, Ryan. It, it still doesn't feel real, does it? Yeah, I know, but I mean, you know, obviously, good to see the uh, you know memorial service kind of helps give giving people a little bit of closure on it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really have much to add on th- this one. Well, th- there's a so the Lakers and Celtics were actually playing on Sunday, which I mean, that's one of the biggest rivalries in the NBA. Bill Russell was there, and he was wearing a Lakers Kobe jersey. So that's awesome. Uh, that 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 is see. awesome. And there's some, you know, Matt, that sports are sometimes weird and coincidences play out, and you look at it it's like that's strange, but also really cool. Well, during the Lakers-Celtics games, there was a moment in that game where it was in the third quarter, but there's 224 left. That's Gianna's and Kobe's number. Oh. Celtic, well, it doesn't stop there. The Celtics and Lakers are tied at 81. Kobe's oh. career high. Wow. And, you know, it's against the Lakers' biggest rival, uh, the each team had four timeouts, which added up to eight, eight. Kobe's old number, shot clock sure. 24. And then the other weird coincidence, coincidence is that Jason Tatum, who had himself a ball game, scored the most points in the Celtics-Lakers game since uh, 2011, I think, the year is when Kobe did it. <laughs> so, sports are weird sometimes like that, Matt. It, 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 it's crazy. Those kind of things, they, they seem to happen all the time. They really do. It, it, it's it, it's always weird. It's always kind of crazy, and it's always awesome. It always is. Uh, it's just yeah. So, so this has happened. So, yeah. Hopefully, some people can gain some closure by yeah his cel- uh, celebration of life for uh, Gianna, for Kobe, for seven other victims. Uh, I saw Vanessa. She is suing the helicopter company uh, for the pilot who also died in there for being kind of, for being careless because the weather was not the best when they, they were in the helicopter where it was foggy. The conditions were not 
the uh, I ideal flying conditions. So that's a, another development that's happened. So yeah. Uh, moving on to another thing off the top here, the Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder heavyweight fight. This is the second matchup between these two. They met up in late 2018, where it was a controversial draw. So this is the rematch. They were going at it all week, and entrance their entrances into the fight were amazing. Fury came in on a throne with a crown on his head. Uh, Deontay Wilder did a had a costume on and music in celebration of Black History Month. And Tyson Fury went, won in a seven-round knockout. Wilder's already invoking the rematch clause, which they're talking about doing a rematch maybe this summer. And Deontay Wilder's already saying that because of the costume, uh, yeah, uh, basically it, the costume was heavy. And so he was talking about how his legs were kind of tired because of the costume and he wasn't able – to be at really 100%, which, Matt, that's a lot of bull crap. Whatever. I, I <laughs> whatever. Like, I'm, I, I've never understood the appeal of MMA and UFC and, what was this one, boxing, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not the guy to ask about these things. I only know who Tyson Fury is because of his slight involvement with WWE. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I guess that's BS. I don't know. All I know is that he got <laughs> his butt kicked, and it was only seven rounds, and he's a big old loser. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand why there's a rematch clause, but sure. Yeah. Uh, and th these are two big guys, Matt. I did not think about this before the fight. Tyson Fury is 6'9 and 270. That is a large man. That dude can play in the NFL if he – and probably be pretty good. I doubt it. Like, they're – well, yeah, but – Brock Osweiler is tall. <laughs> you have to be good. You have to have talent. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Let, let's move on. I, I know you want to move on from this. Let's move on to yeah. something you do know a lot about. Oh, okay. The NFL. Hey, well, I hold know on. The NFL. I, I, forgot, I forgot something. Uh, oh. Severino. Oh, yeah. Well, we can almost go deeper on that one. Uh, yeah, Luis Severino, he missed effectively all of last year. He, he played just a, a, a small, small, tiny amount there towards the end. Uh, but he is slated to miss probably all of this season now. Uh, yeah. He's going to need Tommy John surgery. And that sucks because two years ago, Luis Severino was really exciting, looking like he was going to be a legit ace uh, for the Yankees. And here we are, two years later, full of injuries. And I gotta tell you, that's concerning. We, we've seen this kind of story before, especially with a pitcher and elbow injuries and arm injuries, where you look like an ace for a couple of years. Um, you know, as an Angels fan, I immediately kind of think of Garrett Richards. You know, looks like an ace for a little bit, and then all of a sudden these injuries happen. Next thing you know, you're tw I think he's going to be 27 next year. And he will have not, really, yeah, really not pitched for two years. That's worrisome. That's worrisome. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's not you what know, you I, want missing two full years. As far as the Yankees themselves go, I imagine they'll still be okay. Uh, bringing <laughs> in Garrett Cole obviously helps out a ton. Now James Paxton's having some injury problems as well, so the rotation could be a little bit thinned down on that front. But they do have a deep rotation 
You know, you've still got Tanaka there. Um, as I struggled to Paul bring up the Yankees roster, I was looking at it earlier today, and I was like, okay, it's still got. I think if I remember right, it was four stars. I still felt really good about. You can kind of always make shift your way to the fifth one. Uh, as I pull up the Yankees, my laptop I mean, got, is so slow. I mean, you got Tanaka, you got Garrett Cole, so there's your, and there's two right there. Oh, Jay Happ. Uh, yeah, yeah. J- J-Hap, uh, Domingo Herman, who had a really nice, uh, I believe it was his first half of last year, was really, really good for him. Um, I believe Tom- Tommy Conley has started a little bit in the minors, um, so maybe you can see something like that. I know they're not against the idea of using an opener. I think they did that a little bit last year as well with him and Chad Green. So you might be seeing a little bit of that next year. Jordan Montgomery, he's got starting experience. So... Uh, they'll be okay. Obviously, you'd prefer to see Severino. Um, yeah. You know, depending on what Paxton's status is going to be, and that's going to be big too. I think. You know, if they have a full flood, James Paxton, they'll be okay. I think. Yeah. So now let's move on to the to the NFL. Let's talk yeah. about this. Let's talk about this uh, potential CBA that they're talking about. So, I talked about this with Jake. So obviously, I'm going to reiterate. What's going on? The NFL talking about making some changes with the new CBA collective bargaining agreement coming up. Talking about potentially changing the NFL regular season, making it 17 games, getting a third team in the playoffs as as well, make that number one seed all the more important, and a bunch of other stuff involved. I forget all the other details. I think there's expansion of rosters with the practice squads and I think one or two less preseason games uh I I've kind of I've kind of you know my stance was I'm interested about it I would like to see a potential third game but I've kind of back away because I know with the owners it's all about money that's all it is it is and and you know there I I understand that there's a lot of people who are gonna have that opinion but Ryan I tell you what Come, you know, two Januarys from now, if there's three, you know, three games on each day on a Saturday and a Sunday, my butt's going to be on the couch for three games on a Saturday and a Sunday. Well, and yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to eat it up. Like I, I get it. And I, and I think it helps the NFL. There's 32 teams. So I feel a little bit less watered down compared to like when we were talking about the MLB expansion. Because you can expand to seven on a, on each side and still have less than fifty percent of the league in the uh, in the playoffs. Um, yeah. So I think that that definitely is something that they've got in their favor. Versus, you know, it annoys the heck out of me that the uh, NHL and the NBA both have literally over half their teams making the playoffs. Um, yeah. I think that's one advantage for NFL right now is that you could go up to 14 out of 32 and I could still say, okay, that's a fine threshold. I understand it. Yeah. Um, get a couple more games on those Saturdays and Sundays, or you could do, I, I kind of brought the idea of doing a two, two, two and having a couple of, uh, Monday night playoff games. I'm not against Ooh. that idea. They do it for uh, week one. Hey, I, I, I like that idea. Get some Monday night football. Let's continue it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'd be down for that. And also, uh, Matt, there's a good perk for me. It means my Titans will never, ever miss the playoffs again. They will go 9-7 every year. I not mean, missing. you know, there's still a chance 9-7 doesn't make it, but it definitely would help. I did see that it would have, uh, over the past, like, 10 years, the Steelers would have never missed the playoffs. 
if they expanded <laughs> it by one more team, which I think that's kind of funny. It kind of sums up uh, old Mike Mike Tomlin every once in a while there. It, it sums up Pierre Lewis as well. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially having the Steelers in their area. So the vote did not go its way. I believe 6-5 six, six in favor of against. They need to change that. And obviously, the players, the big sticking point here is they don't want to play 17 games. They're talking about well, their health. Their I, I don't totally understand how contracts would like how pay would work. Yeah, just look well, at it this way. Right now, okay, so let's just take the everyday person full time job. Right, of you get X money working forty hours, and if you go beyond that forty hours, you get overtime. You you get additional, uh, you know, money for that. Right. Right. Well, this is basically saying, okay, you know, you get X money for 16 games plus, you know, whatever ends up coming out of the playoffs, right? Well, all of a sudden, now you're guaranteeing that extra game, but you're not, I would imagine there'll be some kind of adjusted payment along the way. I would hope. <laughs> but I, I'm not totally yeah. sure how that would work, though. I really don't know. Yeah. One of the things that I heard Lane Johnson, the tackle from the Eagles, bring up is that they do this, get a second bye week in there. Okay, yeah, that that's probably not a bad idea. Um, then you're expanding the regular season to how many games is that? To how many weeks? Would that be 18 weeks? Well, I'm assuming if you go to 17, maybe 17, 18, something like that. I don't know. I, I think, yeah, 18 would make sense. That adds up. Honestly, though, I don't really – so, like, MLB, when there's talk of expansion on the schedule, one of the big problems, in my view, is that you don't want to go farther into November because playing conditions become very negative, right? You Like, nobody wants to be playing baseball in November. Honestly, I don't hate the idea of seeing more NFL a, li- a couple more weeks into February. Yeah, same. I wouldn't mind it. Like, I don't see there being any environmental reason not to. I can't think of any... Like, I don't see why there would be a hard line there, you know? Yeah. So, so I, I'm, 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 I'm kind of cool with it, you know? I, I'm alright with it. I'm a little, uh, So, I'm looking at this ESPN article about the players bring up healthy issues... But I get that. Playing more games. I mean, I get it too. I, I mean, you only play in the NFL. The average NFL career is, what, three years? Yes, but that includes a lot of washouts, you know? Yeah. I, I, that, that's always been a stat a lot of people like to throw around. I always kind of dismiss that stat because that stat, to me, that includes a ton of one-year guys. Like, yeah. I don't know, that just kind of skews that stat to me. Yeah, and I'm looking at this article, one of the big reasons why they're kind of pushing it is because they new TV deals with television networks. Yeah. As those deals, they're set to expire over the next couple years. Uh, so that's another big sticking point. And uh, talking about what happens if it passes, it would wipe out the final year of this one. It would start on March 18th as a new league year and run through 2030. So, I'm really interested, and I think, again, you, if you're going to do this, you need to cut a couple preseason games. I think so, too. I think that's a big factor. 
I mean, it, I think you need to. I mean, th- those games aren't really important looking at it down the line. That's, that's well, what training camp is for. And not to mention, too, that, like, right now the players don't even play all of them. Yeah. Right? Like, we can cut out week one of the preseason, and the vast majority of the starting, like, the schedule for the regular players won't really change much. Yeah. Um, it'd be kind of a shame for those lower-end guys, but there is also the talk of expanding the rosters out, so that kind of, you know, helps them. You know, yes, they'd have less opportunity to show themselves, but they'd have more opportunity to make the roster just because of more spots. So that that's kind of one perk that could go that way. Um, yeah, one thing I don't want, though, and I love the NFL. It's great. It's fantastic. One thing I'm not interested in seeing, and I haven't seen it thrown around at all, uh, I don't want more days of games. Yeah. I I love Thursday night football. I love Monday night football. I do love when we get our games on Saturdays towards the end of the season. I think it's kind of a fun end of season treat. Yeah. I don't really want Wednesday night, Tuesday night. You know, I don't need it every night of the week. Um, yeah, it, it would just kind of take away from the eventness of it. Yeah, and it would leak into M- to potentially MLB stuff going on, NBA stuff, getting that started. Uh, when you're talking about Tuesday, Wednesday night games. So, yeah. Uh, one other big thing I'm looking at in this article is talking about the revenue that the players would make that share the league revenue. So, if it does go up to 17 Starting it in 2021, the players should be guaranteed at least 48% of the league revenue, and it would jump to 48 and a half if in any season in which the league plays 17 games. And that number could go up depending on the amount of money that the NFL would make in its new TV deals. And just reading about it, the NFLPA estimates an increase of roughly $5 billion for players over the course of the 10-year deal, if it were to happen. Holy moly. That's a whole lot of money. And the NFL generated an estimated $15 billion in revenue last year. So going from 47%, which it is now, to 48.5, means an extra $225 million per year for the players if the revenues remain flat, which, according to this ESPN article, they're, not projected, they're projected not to do. So that's a big part of this deal as well, is the share of the players' revenue. Yeah, well. I remember that was a big part of the negotiations last time around. You know, almost yeah. God, it's almost been ten years already. Um, <laughs> you know, since since that season, remember that was a big factor in it. I tell you what, I am cautiously optimistic about a deal getting done, kind of early yeah. this year, like like early th- this this go around. Um, which I think is, is great, and that's – I don't want to say concerning that I'm getting my hopes up because I don't want to be let down. It's very interesting that I'm feeling that way versus, you know, I look over at baseball, and for the first time in my life, I feel like baseball is kind of heading towards this, you know, a, a work stoppage the next time their deal is up. You know, and I think the yeah. NBA kind of seems like there's a chance that once that deal is up, there, there's always a chance of another strike-shortened season or lockout-shortened season. Yeah, um, but yeah, NFL. I'm feeling kind of good right now. Well, it's funny you bring it up because the last thing I'm looking at this article is if this doesn't pass, could we be having another work stoppage? 
And uh, I, that was funny that you brought it up. So, of course, we did have one in 2011. But they're negotiating this one as the current deal doesn't expire until next March. I think they're just concerned about, you know, let's just go ahead and try to work out all the details of what this new deal will, will be. And then let's get this one set up for the next 10 years. Uh, they're, this is being an article saying they don't think the players would be going on strike. They think that possibility is quite low. Uh, and, and said so there probably wouldn't be a work stoppage if one wasn't getting to get done this year uh, and they said if, even if there was one it wouldn't be until after the current deal expires next March which right, I understand right. that yep so uh, th that's a good point and yeah it did seem kind of early and I for, kind of forgot yeah it's been 10 years since we had the uh, the current CBA when that was negotiated passing years are going by Matt <laughs> I'm so old. I, I trimmed my beard last night, and I, like, pulled out, like, tufts of gray hair. Like, oh, I, no. I, I, I've had gray hair in my beard for years now, but, like, it just seemed like it was a bit more noticeable this time around. Uh-oh. <laughs> Which is fine. I, you know, I, I think I'm going to look okay, Greg. You know, uh, bald is a bigger concern for me, but I'm going to look all right while growing. Yeah, that's a bigger concern, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so there's, yeah, NFL CBA talk. We got free agency coming up here pretty quickly. I didn't tell you guys what we got coming up this March. We got a doozy of a March schedule. Of course, we got the MLB starting up later on in March, talking about the AL and NL previews and our predictions. Talking about free agency. I know, Matt, we'll be go I'll go into this more next week since it's more appropriate or in a couple weeks when I have schedule, but I think Pro Football Focus put out projected contracts for some of the players that are scheduled with us the market. And that would be interesting to go through. Uh, you you got the NFL scouting combine going on right now. I mean, like, that's going on. Uh, March Madness is, uh, is almost upon us. I, I can't believe it's been over a year since we had the epic Pierre Lewis predictions bracket. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I guess it doesn't feel like it's been that long because you also did one for the NBA. Um, you know, whenever that rolled around, so that kind of helps keep you fresh on the Peter Lewis craziness a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, we got a, a insane march. Matt, I guess, do, do we want to talk about the combine a little bit? Yeah, we can talk about the combine a little bit. I, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not too familiar still with the players. Um, this yeah. is kind of around the time where I start to really revamp um, my, my paying attention to of the draft stock kind of things. This is where it really starts to ramp up. But, yeah, let's talk about the, uh, the combine a little bit. Yeah, so one of the big things coming out is Joe Burrow. I don't think he's going to throw. I don't think Tua is going to throw, although he's projected to be healthy. Uh, Chase Young, he's only going to be doing medicals and interview stuff there as well. But uh, Joe Burrow, the one thing that's been talked about him is how small his hands are. Matt, nine inches. No <laughs> boy. I can't well, believe you know, about. every year we go through this with quarterbacks, right? Are they too short? You know, how big are their hands? Uh, look, Johnny Manziel didn't fail because of his hand size and his height. Um. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, uh, it, it's always a thing we go through every year around this time. And, and you know, I do feel Ryan. Do you feel like the combine has become less important? I think so. I, I kind of felt that way. 
like or it used the last to be years and... it, it used to feel like it was this big off season event it was yeah. kind of the breaking the mold of the off season i got to tell you it snuck up on me yeah and i think i don't like it i don't like that snuck up he... on me i wish it was still big are possibly pro days a little bit more and more important? I, I I'm wondering if that's the case. And from a player's perspective, I totally get that. You know, let's say yeah. I'm Joe Burrow and I'm wanting to throw. I don't know if I want to do it on your terms. And, you know, in Indianapolis with these receivers, I don't have much chemistry with running routes mm-hmm. where you know maybe there might be a disconnect a little bit. I don't want to get, I don't want to look bad because of somebody else I don't know and trust. Yeah. So yeah, let me do yeah. a pro day. Um. You know, I, I've been – CMO's hosted a couple of them. I have to go to a couple of them. And they're very organized. Usually there will be kind of one scout that kind of runs the operation, but the assistant coaches are very involved with it. You know, it's all guys you know. It's all guys you trust. Um, sometimes they even bring guys back, you know, who have already graduated to kind of help yeah. out, be those extra bodies for those play, for those players. And that's great, you know, that that's a great opportunity for those players to really show what they can do in more of a controlled environment. And I think yeah. that's a big thing right now, that, that players are starting to, to really value more. And plus, I think Burrow would love to have the comfort of knowing Coach O is in the, in the same field as him. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially because if you're Joe Burrow and you mess up, no one's going to notice because they're all too busy talking to Coach O. You know, they're all they're all eating a ham sandwich, having a good time. <laughs> yeah, they're all eating a ham sandwich, talking about his triumph this season. So yeah. As a matter but, of fact, I think I'm gonna have a ham sandwich tomorrow for lunch. Now. Well, there you go. Doing your best Coach O impression. There you go. Hey Matt, I think that's a great idea. You know, I I love me a good ham sandwich. You go out there, you work that camera, you edit that video, then you come home, you enjoy yourself a nice good old ham sandwich. Do it all again tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Uh, love that. Yeah, love coach that guy. O, everybody. Love that uh, guy. Yeah. But uh, you bring up the wide receivers and then mention you know, working with quarterbacks. Matt, this wide receiver class is deep, and they are and they're all working out this combine. Uh, I believe I've seen like twenty to thirty players at, at the wide receiver positions that are really good, and they're talking about there's really a diversity at that position where normally you would have uh, you would have you know a class like you got guys that. Are really big, strong guys, and but really, this class has a bit of every type of receiver that you would look for: slot, speedy, big, red zone threat. This wide receiver class has a bit of everything. Uh, out of all those guys, and uh, you got all these teams at the scouting combine talking about interviewing these guys, maybe trying to see if there's guys they maybe try to position for and maybe try to move up. Uh, that's certainly interesting. I know the Panthers came out and said that they're sticking with Cam this year. Yes, so. that does seem to be the way they're going now, which I, I, I understand. I get it. I'm not totally sure that's the right idea. But, you yeah. know, I, it's not the worst idea. There, there are crazier ideas than that. Yeah, and so if that's the case, that knocks the Panthers out of, a QB mar- uh, out of the QB market at – what, number seven, number eight? So that helps out some teams looking for a quarterback and maybe trying to make a move. But I think we pretty much know who's going to go number one, regardless of the scaling combine. I think it's probably going to be Burrow, then Chase Young. And the fun starts at number three with the Detroit Lions. And it'll be interesting to see who they are looking at during the scaling combine. 
Uh, I know there's been some talk about maybe if the, maybe trying to get Tua at three, which, I mean, depending on what they feel about Matt Stafford right now, uh, obviously last season wasn't what they wanted to happen, but I don't know. So, I guess we'll see. I, I can, I'd be surprised to see them uh, move on from Stafford, at least in the next two years. Um. You know, if they cut him this year, the dead cap hit is thirty-two mil. Um, that's not good. Although, actually, next so next year the dead the twenty twenty-one dead cap is nineteen mil, which that's a big hit. But his cap hit is thirty-three. So, I mean, you're you're losing out on what's that fourteen? I think uh, if my math is right there, uh, my math is not right there. What what what's thirty-three? What's thirty-three minus nineteen? Uh, 14. Oh, it is 14. Hey, my math was right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Moore and the math whiz. Um, I'd be surprised to see them do it this year, though. That's kind of my point. I think next year there's a possibility. Um, no, definitely not this year, though, I don't think. Unless they want to ride the pine for a year. Um, well, but I feel like that's something you're going to see less and less these days. Well, it's possible because you still don't know the extent of how healthy is Tua. That's a good point. If there's ever a guy kind of sit down for a year or two, it could be the guy. Yeah, and uh, if he gets back to 100%, uh, that could be a a good move for the Lions looking at long-term. Sitting behind Stafford, uh, learning. So, uh, yeah. So, Matt, I think once we get into March as well and April, I think we'll be starting to get on the mock draft trains, don't you think? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Like, Like, the combine is like, the unofficial start of draft season. Like, yeah. this is the point, you know, because there's always going to be that guy that opens your eyes, right? There's going to be that Kevin White. There's going to be the uh, DK Metcalf. You know, there's always going to be that workout warrior guy who just goes nuts, opens your eyes, gets you excited to read a mock draft, gets you excited to see where these guys are going to start going. And, and, and then it becomes time. You know, then, then we're in, right? Yeah. Uh, I found this... In the last few months, I found this awesome draft site, the Draft Network, where we can do our own mock drafts when the time has come. Got all the players there. Got some scouting reports as well. Uh, so that can help us out a little bit as well. Yeah, but, I, always uh, use, uh, I always use a Google spreadsheet and just kind of do it myself. <laughs> I, I, I always just kind of like I'll pull up like eight or ten different mock drafts and different like big boards and stuff. And yeah. kind of use those as like general outlines to see who should go roughly when, and kind of make my own decisions kind of based around those. That's kind of my own personal process. Yeah, but uh, draft season's almost here. That's crazy as well. Draft season's basically here. Yeah. <laughs> like we're gonna get right to that mock period of time where everybody's gonna be doing mock drafts. So, uh, yeah. So that'll leave us for the NFL. Let's move on to the. NBA real quick, Matt. Of course, we're coming off a couple weeks now, off the All Star Game, uh, All Star Weekend. Uh, a couple. Which, by the way, happened. All Star Game was last weekend, right? Two two yes. weekends ago. Uh, you know, yeah. we, I, I was on the show last week. How cool was that change on the? Uh, I, I had no idea that was coming. Like the, the story change, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, uh, I loved it, though. And, Ryan, it was... I-, I made fun of you a little bit, and, and I-, I owe you an apology. 
because you were bringing <laughs> up defense during our uh, yeah. All Star Game preview, and I'm like, holy crap, there's defense. Yeah, Matt. <laughs> what what happened to the All Star Game? <laughs> I'll tell you what's happening, Matt. Kyle Lowry's out there taking charges in the All-Star yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> there were charges in the All-Star game. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I, I, I had yeah. to be at work late because of uh, uh, my car situation I'm in right now. And one of the guys that does the morning show, he's a big NBA fan too. And, and he came into work as the All-Star game was like wrapping up. And we were watching together. He was like in awe of these guys. <laughs> like they're actually trying. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if it'll last. It, it very well might just be like a one year. They were like, you know, the players just thought it was cool for this year kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Kobe, you know, inspired them a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. But well, I, I like it yeah. though. I hope it sticks around like this. That was kind of well, cool. Well, Chris Paul brought the idea up, and it. Listen, I don't like Chris Paul. It, it goes back to the Clippers Grizzlies days, but this was a good idea from him. Uh, and he played a whole he, lot down he's the stretch the too. For a reason. Yeah, he played down the stretch. He caught an alley oop. <laughs> he caught an alley oop. What the heck? Chris Paul's I, like, I think I'm he, on the wrong end of this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think Russell Westbrook threw it to him. Was like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> R- Russell's on the other end of that dunking it, not Chris Paul. So, but, uh, yeah, people taking charges. Arguing calls, defending yeah. at the rim. The referees didn't know what they were getting themselves into. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that they had a couple of reviews in the last few minutes. <laughs> it was uh, it was really something. And uh, yeah, I, I, that was one of the things I didn't know about this. You know, that I kind of had to understand about how they were going to do this with the quarters and them resetting it. And of course, whoever wanted donated a hundred thousand dollars to. Uh, the charities that Giannis and LeBron were playing for. So, I say it was a success. I think maybe they can ride this for maybe another year or two. But other than that, it, after that, you might have to start tinkering with it, seeing what else you can do to make it more competitive. But I, I agree. It was a, it was a fun success. It was really fun to see them go out there diving for loose balls in an all-star game. Yeah. What's the last time we we can say we've uh, seen that? Like I've been on the record the past like two or three years of the show saying how much the NBA all-star game sucks. It's boring. It's a score fest. There's no entertainment to it. This was entertaining. This was yeah. great. I will gladly eat crow because I enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, but uh, it, it was fun. It was entertaining. So we've come off a couple weeks after all-star weekend. Steph Curry, he's going to be coming back here pretty soon. Uh, big blow to the 76ers. Ben Simmons is going to be reevaluated in two weeks for a nerve impingement in his lower back. It's not what you want. And the 76ers, right now, they are about uh, about fifth in the sixth spot. So we talked about the Sixers and Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons and Looks like it's going to be Embiid's team at the mo- for the moment. I think this for... is an interesting trial run to see what the yeah. Sixers look like without Simmons and decide if this is the way they want to go or if they want to try and maybe go the way of, of with Simmons and no Embiid. I think it's, yeah. it's an interesting uh, chance to kind of see it in action. Yeah. So looking at where we where everything stands in the NBA, so. Of course, you got the Lakers at top the, and the Clippers at number three. Uh, the Clippers are on a little bit of a tailspin after the All-Star break, losing three straight. 
they go come back and get one on my Grizzlies, which, uh, Matt, I'm kind of concerned. Jaron Jackson's out for two weeks, and Brandon Clark got hurt in the first quarter of the Clippers game last night. So I'm a little bit concerned here going that's, forward. That's not good. Uh, that's, yeah, it's not as good. As long as they're uh, all okay by May 21st, that's, that's what really matters. Yeah, the Grizzlies have the, as far as strength of schedule, they have the toughest strength of schedule left, I believe, out of all the teams. So, yeah, they just went a game under 500, and they're still sitting at eight spot. But Portland's two and a half behind them. Pelicans are three behind them. And your Spurs are still somehow in this, Matt. They're three and a half behind the Grizzlies. Yeah, a, uh, a friend of mine posed me the question the other day of if the Spurs' streak will end this year. Or if they're going to squeak in. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think so. But, uh, it's, I mean, it, it's your, it's the Spurs. I, it, they, they could come all, they could come play the next game and win, like, you know, right off ten straight. And find their way back in. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But, uh, I want to talk about this Rookie of the Year race before we talk a little bit more about the NBA. So, John Rant, we all think he has locked, has this locked up. He's been awesome this whole season. And I will admit, I picked Zion to win Rookie of the Year over Ja. And I assumed at the time, Zion was going to be playing a full season. Right. And... But I did not underestimate how awesome Ja was going to be. I thought he would be awesome. I didn't know he would be in the thick of the playoff hunt. But I figured this guy will be awesome and fun to watch. And he has. Oh, yeah. Now you have Zion coming back. Putting on awesome performances. Doing what he's doing. And the game before the All-Star break, before the rookie challenge, the rookie challenge between the USA and the world, he had a game against OKC. Where he had like 32 points. I think he had a double-double. And I, a lot of talk around the media is, can Zion catch up to Ja and potentially snatch Rookie of the Year away from him? Considering he hasn't played as many games as Ja has. And I think that is, I know the Malcolm Brogdon and Joel Embiid Rookie of the Year race has been brought up. Where... Embiid came back and he was awesome in the games that he was in, but Malcolm Brogdon, Brogdon right. was pretty good. And be honest, that rookie of the year, uh, the rookies that year were not that good to begin with. Anyway, uh, that's no slight on Malcolm Brogdon. He's a fine player, but but he is just fine. Yeah, he is. Uh, but looking at this man, I think the only possible way I could see Zion possibly getting this Rookie of the Year. I know it's meaningless in the long run, depending on how good these guys are, but I think if he were to get it, I think the Pelicans would have to take the eighth spot from the Grizzlies to get into the playoffs. I think that's a very realistic path, though, because, yeah, right now the Grizzlies have it. Zion comes back and sparks the run of the Pelicans, take it from them. I think that's a very realistic way for these voters to kind of look at and say, okay, we're going to go with Zion. Yeah. But I'm also wondering, uh, with the Pelicans, they uh, they got a better team than the Grizzlies do. Got, they do, but voters don't always care. Yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of that is, is Zion actually carrying this team, or is he just become an awesome part of this team? 
Yeah, Drew Holiday's been awesome. Ingram was an all-star this year. Lonzo's doing pretty good. And then you have Zion coming in, and he's going gangbusters. Uh, I saw somebody make the comment that he had to literally go put up 2K My Career stats to <laughs> possibly win it, which I, it's possible, but, like, I that the only possible way I could see him overtaking Ja is if the Grizzlies, who have the toughest strength of schedule, and the Pelicans, who have the easiest strength of schedule left, I think that's the only possible way if the Pelicans overtake uh, the Grizzlies at number eight, in which... If that's a, if that's the case, we would get a Zion LeBron matchup in round one of the playoffs. That'd be fun. I mean, that'd be fun. I th- the Lakers would wipe the floor with them, but it'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the undertones of you know AD, uh, Ingram, Lonzo, all that stuff. Uh, I think oh, the yeah, Lakers and Davis. Yeah. That'd be, that would be fun. Th- yeah, and I think as we're recording this, I think the Lakers and Pelicans are going to play tonight too. So yeah. But let's talk about this. So, with regards to the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks, they've already clinched a playoff spot, which is the earliest a team has clinched a playoff spot in NBA history. And that's wild, considering we had the 73-win Warriors a few years back. Well, yeah, but the The West was good. Yeah, the West was good. Uh, The Bucks are 49-8. I believe I saw they were on pace. For 71 wins. That's uh, fantastic. I mean, that's literally two games short of the record. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, that Milwaukee's almost at the top of a lot of the statistical categories. Raptors are doing well. Uh, at this point, they're doing better at this point than they, than they were last year when they had Kawhi, which is insane. Yeah, but they also had Kawhi for 12 games. Yeah. Uh, the Celtics, let me tell you what, Matt, uh, we ta- talked about this a little bit with the Kobe Memorial Service with uh, Tatum uh, and his game against the Lakers. We're like, he really, see, with Tatum in his first year, I think you can see it, but also you can see with that team, you didn't have Kyrie there, and wondering if not having Kyrie around actually made that team better. And in year one of Tatum, you're seeing a lot of what you're kind of seeing right now where He's taking good shots. He's playing smart. He's getting to the rim. I believe he had 11 free throws in the game against the Lakers, which the Lakers, they got a lot of size. They got AD. They got JaVale McGee. They just got Markeith Morris. So they got a lot of size up front. I think the Celtics probably got their star now in Tatum. And I think it's possible they can maybe surprise some people in the playoffs. But uh, but now looking at the Lakers, the Clippers, I think, Matt, the clear title contenders looking at right now, I'm not counting Houston. I don't think that small ball thing's going to work. I think the three real title contenders are the Bucks, the Lakers, and the Clippers. I think those three are probably the three easiest that you can see. Yeah, they they can win the title. Yeah, uh, I think so. I'm like, I totally discount the Rockets. And, and how about the Nugs? Can I, can I still get some Nugs love? Yeah. How are the Nuggets? Yeah, the Nuggets have been good. Yeah. yeah. I, I how about like Jokic? He's awesome. Um, I thought of something I was going to say, and then I forgot it. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say it because I don't remember it. 
Yeah, but uh, I think those three are probably the best. Uh, and, you know, the Clippers and the oh, Lakers. Oh, I remember my question now. Um, Is the East still by far the weaker conference? Well, let's see. Looking at the East, uh, so you got the Bucks at 49 and 8. You got the Raptors at 42 and 15. The Celtics at 39 and 17. Uh, the Heat at 36 and 21, the Sixers at 36 and 22, and you got the Pacers at 33 and 24. And looking at it, the only better team in the West compared to the East standings right now is the Dallas Mavericks right now. And other than that, uh, well, the Grizzlies are two right now at the moment. The Nets are in there at 26 and 30, and the Magic are in there at 25 at 32. But I would say that the East, while the West is probably a little bit stronger and tougher, the East has snuck up on them. Right now, looking at it, the Raptors have the third best record in the NBA behind the Bucks and the Lakers. Well, that's good. It only took them 15 years, but it's good to see that the uh, you know the East finally caught on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but the Lakers, Clippers. I think the Clippers have beaten the Lakers twice already this season. But I think I, I made the Clippers my finals pick. I predicted Clippers and Sixers. I very much doubt my 76ers prediction is going to come to pass. But I think the Clippers one can come true. And here's the thing. the Clip, They've got some players that are missing some games. You know, load management, all that stuff. The Lakers, they do got a lot of size. That's something the Clippers do not have a whole lot of. Uh, they got Harold. They got Zubak. Uh, they just signed Marcus Morris, which, that's funny. The Lakers signed Markeith Morris, and the Clippers got Marcus Morris. They got the twins together in L.A. on separate teams. That's maybe, fun. Maybe, maybe they can be roommates. Uh, I can only imagine the conversations with them on separate teams. That's fun. But uh, I think the Clippers, uh, the size will be a tough matchup. And also, you got to see how A.D. would perform in the playoffs with LeBron. That's a key factor as well. Yeah. All right, so uh, <laughs> you you passed uh, me the ball and I, I my controller died. <laughs> I uh, had nothing. No, Matt, you J.R. Smith did. You forgot how much time was left. <laughs> oh man, I tell you what, that is an underrated meme. Is that LeBron yelling at him? Oh, like out of all the great ones to come, I feel like that one actually kind of fizzled out a lot faster than it should have. Yeah, that was a great I mean, just one. just think about it, Matt. And within like a couple years, we got J.R. Being the Hennessy King, taking his shirt off, celebrating in the parade, and then two years later, he forget how time works. So <laughs> that's not what you want. Uh, but what if uh, J.R. Smith had the time stuff? Yeah, but I, I will say the OK uh, to get out off the NBA, the OKC Thunder, uh, they they're pretty nice this year. A lot of people were slacking on them, and they look nice. Shea Gildas Alexander, who they got from the Paul George trade, uh. He's looking really good, looking like a breakout candidate. And Chris Paul, he's doing well there as well. So, yeah. So, the NBA is looking pretty good. And we're right down towards that home stretch where we are getting right to some NBA playoff basketball. And me and Jace were talking about the possibility of us having Memphis Grizzlies playoff basketball so quick. Uh, Lakers, uh, whenever the Lakers come to town, tickets are already skyrocketing. Oh, me uh, and Rebecca were looking at those months ago. And they were yeah. skyrocketing. That's why we ended up going Pelicans. <laughs> but 
you get into the playoffs, that's where the revenue is made, and those tickets will cost a whole lot more. Yeah. Especially if it's that matchup. But uh, I definitely will try to go to one. I know it will be expensive, but, it, hey, I thought I wasn't going to be able to see Grizzly playoff basketball here in a few years, and we're in the thick of it. We just got to overcome some injuries. And plus, I'm wondering if losing some of that veteran presence from, like, Jay Crowder, Solomon Hill, it does kind of hurt these guys in some ways because those were the two big veterans. And so, training him in the Iguodala deal, you got Winslow. He's not out there playing. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about that, but I feel like these young guys can uh, come through. And Plus, I, I want to go see a playoff game. I don't well, care yeah. if we get blown out. Yep. Well, actually, scratch that. I do care if we get blown out. I want to see a good game. I want to pay good money for my tickets. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know if it will taunt the last playoff game which was the Spurs-Grizzlies game where Kawhi and Conley were just going at it. That was amazing. That might have been the all-time favorite for me. But uh, moving off of the NBA, Matt, let's go back to football. Let's talk about some XFL here. Let's uh, talk about some Xavier football league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about week number three in the XFL. So we had four... Really interesting games, including one in St. Louis. Of course, it was the return of football in St. Louis. Highest attendance there for any XFL game during the season. I believe it was 29,000 and a half. And the St. Louis Battlehawks, they did not disappoint, Matt. They rolled to a victory in in week number three to move to two and one. I, I didn't get a chance to watch any of it. Uh... But, I gotta tell you, I, I saw some Snapchats with some friends. There was a party going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, there people was. were hyped, and that's awesome. That, that is, yeah. that's great. Yeah, fans were awesome during the game. They had the first ever XFL kick return. Did they, they were, really? Yeah, they ran a reverse. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so, you know what? I saw that. I did see that. So... I mean, look at the stats. Uh, the Russian game did good. Matt Jones, he's the leading rusher of the XFL, I think. And uh, <laughs> that's so weird to say. Leave it to Matt but, Jones, man. Finally, that breakout came. Yeah, but the New York Guardians, uh, Matt, I, can New York not ever have a good team? <laughs> oh, man. The Knicks, the Jets, you know, now the Guardians. Uh, Matt McGloin getting pulled again. Uh, I'm looking to see who the guy that replaced him was. I think this is a guy that Mitch Trubisky couldn't beat out for a starting job at North Carolina. <laughs> That's not what you want. Uh, well, Mitch Trubisky may, may himself be getting acquainted with the XFL someday. So. <laughs> that is, that's very true. Uh, but, yeah, the Battlehawks, they moved to 129-9. The Houston Roughnecks, 34-27 to over Tampa Bay. Let me tell you what, Matt. This P.J. Walker guy for the Houston Roughnecks. I saw a little bit of him. The, did you see the story about connected to Andrew Luck about him? I did not, no. Okay, so, of course, Oliver Luck, Andrew Luck's dad, is the commissioner of the XFL. And Andrew notices P.J. Walker, quarterback at Temple, says, hey, Dad, this guy is really good. This guy could be something special. 
And before you know it, P.J. Walker is out here dominating the XFL. And he had three more touchdowns again this week. We might have Andrew Luck the scout, Matt, before you know it. He might be scouting some guys. Andrew Luck can, can do whatever he wants. I imagine right now he's just like, you know, in a pirate ship somewhere. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but whenever he wants to come back to land, th- there's something for him to do. But uh, he's having a good year. Ten touchdowns and one interception, throwing for 748 yards and having a almost uh, having a passer rating of almost 113. Uh, that's not too shabby right now. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. I take I'll take it too. Only call only throw uh one interception, only one turnover. I'll take it. Uh, Tampa Bay, they're still having quarterback problems, Matt. They cannot figure out who their quarterback is, whether it's Aaron Murray, uh, Cornelius. They're having trouble figuring that as well as the Guardians. So well, if there's one good. thing about football in the Tampa Bay area, you know, quarterback is a question mark. I guess you can equate it to it's the same thing with the New York teams. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been tough for them to find a quarterback as well. Uh, the Dallas Renegades and against Seattle Dragons, Landry Jones coming back. Even though Landry Jones has been throwing the ball pretty well, he hasn't been overly impressive. I believe he had three interceptions last week. He had two this week. So, it's not what you want, but they get they got the job done uh, against Seattle, 24-12. to 12. I believe the Renegades are now the 2-1. and one. And then, Matt, this was a surprise. DC has looked like the best team throughout the whole season. Got smoked. By the L.A. Wildcats, by your boy, Josh Johnson. The flying Jay. What up, Jay? That's my guy. I love me some Josh Johnson. Well, Josh Johnson had himself a day, Matt. 18 of 25, 278 yards passing, and three touchdowns, no picks. That's I tell you what, that is a vintage 2015 Madden Cincinnati Bengals game. For Flying J in the Matt Mormon <laughs> offense. Oh, uh, yeah. Did, did he run it all? Was there any rushing to it? Uh, I'm looking. Uh, he only only three rushing attempts, but uh, no. Oh. He, he threw the ball. Okay. Uh, Jay can it, do that, it, too. His top receiver was Trey McBride, former Titan. There you go. I, I recognize that name, <laughs> which sometimes with the XFL, that's the best you can ask for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile... On the opposite end, Cardell Jones was awful. Uh, 50% completion percentage, 103 yards, and four picks. So they're already crowning him MVP. Yeah. Uh, it might be uh, P.J. Walker. Who knows? Your boy Josh Johnson might make a comeback. Hey, Josh Johnson for MVP. I like the sound of that. Uh, that's a sense I never thought I'd hear uttered ever. Oh, I always knew I could utter that sentence someday. I never knew what the context was going to be. But I knew someday I would be able to vote for Josh Johnson as MVP of something. I didn't know if it was going to be, you know, the XFL, the AAF, the, you know, YMCA League that my buddy Nathan plays in. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew there would come a day where I could vote for him for MVP. All right, Matt. Let's take a look at week four uh, as we close out the show. Start off with your boy Josh Johnson going against the New York Guardians. They're going to New York. Uh, I got to say, if Josh Johnson keeps this up, uh, 
Well, I, I'll take that too, but also the Guardians, uh, they are having some inner turmoil. Uh, they're struggling to find leadership right now. <laughs> and that's who, who, who with the York in, in the XFL, there would be a team that was struggling to find leadership. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Matt, again, I don't know what it is with New York teams and struggling to find proper leadership. It, it's really baffling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, the Knicks, Jets, Giants. I don't know. But uh, I'm going with the Wildcats here, and I say you are as well. Flying Day. Oh, I, I mean, is there any of Was there ever any question? Yeah. Uh, next game, the Seattle Dragons at our St. Louis Battlehawks. No question who we're going with here. Cook off. Keep, keep home field advantage going. Next one, a battle of the two Texas teams, the Houston Roughnecks at the Dallas Renegades. Houston's 3-0. Dallas is 2-1. Matt, I'm going to let you pick this one first. Who you got for this one? I will go with those Roughnecks of Houston. You know what? Let me take Landry Jones and Big Game Bob Stoops. Let me go Big Dallas Game here. Bob Stoops. <laughs> and then the last game, the DC Defenders at Tampa Bay. Listen, I know DC had a rough <laughs> game this past week, but I, I think they're better than Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, like you said, is struggling to find a quarterback. So uh, those things are never really good. So let me go with DC here. I think Cardell redeems himself somewhat this week. Yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, Cardale in D.C. as well this week. All right, so that's the XFL this week, and that's our show, everybody. We got through all of that. Man, that a good show. I feel like it was a fast show. I mean, it's an hour and nine minutes, but I feel like it was quick. Yeah, I guess time flies by when you're having fun talking about everything that's going on uh, with the NBA, with the NFL, XFL, talking about your – your lifelong favorite team, the Battlehawks. Uh, listen, Matt, we've been hardcore Battlehawks fans forever, haven't we? I mean, I've been a, a Battlehawks fan for almost as long as I was a uh, San Diego Fighting Fleet fan. <laughs> I remember you, AAF. You know, actually, I, I told uh, Rebecca about this not too long ago. I was at Walmart. You know how there's the uh, or like the aisle of the checkout where there's like the trading cards, like you know, those like Pokemon yeah. cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. There was AAF cards. Oh, my goodness. I honestly considered buying a package. <laughs> they were, I, I don't remember how much they were, but they were just enough where I couldn't justify it to myself. But, like, if those got knocked down to, like, two bucks, I would totally buy a pack. Yeah, same. <laughs> well, I guess that's where we're going to end this week's show, everybody. Matt, before we get out of here, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Real Matt Mormon on the old Twitter machine. And you can find me at RyanViews573 on Twitter as well. Thank you to Anchor for sponsoring this episode. And guys, be sure to go check out Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Go to subscribe to both the Views Channel Entertainment channel as well. We'll have a short little entertainment episode as well talking about Bob Iger stepping down from his position at Disney. So be on the lookout for, for that as well. But thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. And we will talk to you guys next time.